Hey, up, bum boy. How you doing, Chad? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Cameron? I'm doing pretty good also, uh, especially because its opinions are cheap with Cameron and Chad. Hey, that's us. That's a place that we go when we want to feel good. Yay. So, uh, my boss has uh, Lyme's disease. He's got, he got bit by a tick. and it's not Is that what sleep. Lyme's come from? Yes. Okay. So, he's, he hasn't been feeling super great because that's not a fun thing to have. And uh, I was telling my brother and my dad about it yesterday, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, so and so's got Lyme's disease. That sucks. And one of them's like, you know, if you got if you got the coronavirus, he'd he'd be corona with a Lyme. And I was Yay. like, that's really funny. I'm gonna tell him that tomorrow. And they're like, no, you probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> so I go I go to work today. I walk into his office. He's talking to someone, and I was like, hey Dan, and if you if you got coronavirus, you'd be corona with a Lyme. And the person he's talking to has this look on her face like she kind of wants to laugh, but she's not sure it's appropriate because that doesn't seem like a thing you should say to anybody. <laughs> and and Dan goes, that's funny. That's funny. That's that's funny. That That's – you're really funny. You're, that is funny. You're you – know, and he's just like going back and forth and I'm just like I have no idea if I've actually upset him or not because he never once laughed. He just said that's funny. And so I'm walking back to my office. I was like that was a job well done. I either pissed off, pissed him off, or or something. Like he doesn't know what to do. It's great. My favorite interactions. And so a couple hours later, he comes up to me. He goes, "Yeah, so I was in my uh, my big team leader meeting today, and I I, I did your Corona with the Lime joke, and everybody laughed. You're you're very funny. You're funny. You're, you're funny. And it's like he still hasn't made up his mind. <laughs> I I mean, I'm sure part of it is maybe just not feeling well. Yeah. Um, that's great. And so, you know, say inappropriate things to your boss at work, people, and sometimes it works out. Uh, and never, ever read the room. I like that. Um, Okay, I got a story, too. Yay! So last night, I was playing uh, VR chat with Joe, mm-hmm. and we decided to, we, let's, let's go to the bar, and we'll just troll strangers. Let's see what's going on at the bar. And we show up, and this, <laughs> this guy... Oh, like, for some reason, we found the one bar where everyone's, like, role-playing seriously. So, like, somebody was, like, taking um, tables, and and there was a guy working the tap and, like, actually asking what people want and stuff. And it's like, oh, okay, whatever. We'll just act normal then. And so we asked for a booth, and, and the guy walked us over to a booth. And then this person walks out of the bathroom and just, like, walks up. They're, like, a half-robot person. And they just walk up and then join us at our booth. And like, okay, okay, you guys. So, have you guys looked at how the way the birds and the lizards have taken over the government? And it's everywhere, but it's always been that way, right? Because if there's birds, they have feathers, and the feathers, that's uh, that's like the, the weather, and the weather comes and goes, right? <laughs> Everything he said was like a weird, it was like a, not quite a rhyme. It was like the pieces of a rhyme. Sure. To piece ideas together without saying anything he did this for 10 minutes oh wow that's a long time it was like we were there for a while and it got to the point where like like me and joe tried to like riff with him and do our own and he'd say no 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 it's not like that and then he would go back to his thing and it, and like joe was asking me like is he serious or not because <laughs> we couldn't tell <laughs> and i was trying to i was trying to ask him like like are you drunk right now or are you high like, is this some kind of substance I'm not familiar with? It's like, well, I'm I'm high, but I'm in I'm high in the way that it's a birds, because the birds fly, and when they fly, they fly high, but that's why. <laughs> like that's every sentence he said was like that kind of flow, and it's like I didn't know what to work with. <laughs> like you you know how I like to jest. Mm-hmm. I, and both me and Joe were coming up dry. Like, okay, we. That's cool, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph and he would <laughs> keep going, man. You walked into this bar, and you, you guys, you, you're basically. He said you were like half wolf, half shark anime characters with giant tits. VR chat, yes. And my immediate thought was I know that there's a name for that creature, and I don't know what it is. I can't remember. A shark. I thought those were like circles or something. But then I looked up one of those and I was like, no, that doesn't look right. 
No, circles are something else. These are just sharks. Oh. He made it sound like it wasn't just a shark. It was like a shark hybrid well, with something he's, else. He's hung up on that, but I don't think Joe's like current on furry culture. Yeah, he's, he's well adjusted. Yeah, so it's like I don't want to like explain to him details. So he just says, what is that? Some kind of half shark, half wolf? And I say, yeah, whatever. Because mm. I don't want to taint his innocence. I did just... Well, because I've seen I've seen like anthropomorphic sharks, and they don't normally have wolf heads. But no, they... I think he's he's getting it from the terrible hair rendering. Oh, so I got a, I got a picture of myself next to the robot because the robot guy at some point <laughs> someone rolled in in a wheelchair, and they're like a little cat person with a laptop, and they're like role playing that they're paralyzed, like you do. So the the robot like got up. To talk to the the wheelchair guy about the birds and the lizards taking over the government, so I just like leaned in next to him while they're talking and snapped this picture myself. Dude, for the birds guy, you should have just kept saying, "What about the bees?" It honestly, you could not interject. Like it was so weird. His avatar is really cool, though. I like the the rainbow hair. Yeah, no, I think I think you are just a shark. I forgot to send Joe this picture. Can you forward this picture to him? It's Goku at the Femboy Hooters drinking a martini with his pinky up. Every word in that sentence was cursed. Yeah, I can probably send him that. Man, VR chat's It's anime. Go- it's, it's, it's furry Goku. He's got a little dog ears going on. Yeah, it's Super Saiyan 6. Is, is that actually Super Saiyan 6? No. I was going to say, because I would believe you for a sec there. I, I would look it up. Though. Oh, I know. I I realized when I said that, that it wasn't enough of a joke. Stupid Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball whatever. <laughs> Cameron, freaking YouTube keeps recommending Clowncore to me, and I guess they're like putting out new music now. Um, okay. Yeah, oh, I think they are. This one 2.3 million views. This is from a couple years ago. That's crazy. No. That wasn't the one I meant to send. That is so many views for something that dumb. S- specific. Yeah, specific's a good one. Here, uh, Here's a picture of Joe, and he's late for anime high school. So he has toast in his mouth. Oh, he's still rocking the, the giant buff togepi. It's, it's an oddly functional avatar, because it's low poly enough that it won't give anyone problems if they're using a different viewer. And it... It, like the hands function, and it's a, an appropriate height where you don't get uncomfortable after using it for too long. Like it's, it's kind of a funny joke thing, but there's a practical element to it. Sure, it's interesting. So there's going to be um, Ready Player Two. Ernest Klein's writing the sequel to Ready Player One, and it'll be out soon, probably. That's not real, is it? Yeah, they, he's ruining my joke. No, so there's a couple of funny things about this book. It, the first funny thing is that it's called Ready Player Two. Um, the other funny thing is it's literally the same plot as the first one. The uh, they, they find I, another Easter egg hunt left by Halliday that could change the world, and so they're going to do that again. Why? Because like, Ernest Klein's an awful writer. But the, but uh, I wonder You know what? I'm sorry. Yeah. So the thing is, is he wrote the first book when VRChat wasn't a thing. Now VRChat is a thing. And I feel like the way we interact online is a little different now than it was then, and the, the, the realm of possibilities, like, we know now that if you give everybody access to avatars, half of them are, are going to be just, like, giant sharks with huge tits. Uh, and I'm wondering if he's going to try and incorporate any of that, or if he's going to be like, no, that has nothing nothing to do with the 1980s or all the garbage I used to play when I was a child. And I'm, I have a feeling he's... It'll be boring and stupid. I mean, I'm not going to read it because I don't respect him. Um... So there we go. That that's, that's that's the end of this. Well, yeah. I mean, why would you though? Mm. Do you do you remember that book, Goodnight Moon? Um, maybe. Um, we found a Goodnight Moon world, so you can say the goodnight to the in VR. That's kind of clever that someone made that. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that's Joe as the uh, Spartan, as Mister Chief. Mm-hmm. That, that is clever. Like this is this picture is so weird. Because it looks like a bad Photoshop, right? Like it does. He doesn't have a shadow. It's like, oh, we took a picture from of Master Chief from a uh, with with a hammer, and we just stuck it in this weird low poly world, <laughs> and vaguely adjusted the lighting. Man, you gotta join us for VR chat again. I don't really want to. I hate you, and that's fair. <laughs>
we're at a we're at a thing with a with the VR. My brother's like, if you don't use it at some point, I'm just gonna give it to one of my friends. And it's like, yeah, that's fair. Like it should be played. Yeah, you really don't like VR. I I, I feel like I should try a couple more things and before I like reject it completely. But then it's like, oh man, that's work. Well, yeah, I mean, if you have to force yourself to have fun, it's not fun. I do want to try Beat Saber. You haven't played v- Beat Saber? No, it's like $30. Well, you can play it for free in VR chat. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, maybe this weekend we should do that. One, one last hurrah? Yeah. Loser. I know. You don't want to go no, to no. Femboy Hooters I, with us? I mean, we could... We could... I'm so bad at the roleplay stuff. You throw me in something like that, and I literally don't know what to do, so I just don't want to do anything but watch, but then people come to talk to me, and it's like, no, nah, I don't know how to, I don't want to talk to you. This is weird. I need an adult. Yeah, but see, that's your stick. You play the straight man. I guess. I So this is what, what me and Joe did. We had our matching shark avatars when we went into the bar, and when the guy asked us if he wanted a table or a booth, I, I started doing that, like, really, um, that, uh, what, I can't do that voice now. It's like a, it's like the old lady that smokes too much voice. Okay. Um, and it's like I don't know why. It's just he walked up to me and asked me a question, and then I immediately like went into a character mm-hmm. that Joe had not seen me do before, and he was rolling <laughs> with it. <laughs> and it's just like that's fun for us. Yeah. Um, like I have I have like another. Uh, I don't want to spoil the glad space, but did you watch the May sixty four Halloween? No, I did not. You know how they have that like goth group? Yes, I do. I do a really good um, lisp like Rocco's character, and so I'll apply that for characters too. Where it's like when I'm working at the Kmart, I'll just like start lisping, mm. like that's just how I talk naturally. And for some reason, when I do a character voice, it's really easy to just like put myself in a different frame of mind. Well, it's because you're a thespian. I don't know. Am I really? I feel like you could be. I've literally taken, like, no acting classes. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey didn't either. He just has little alligator arms, and he's great. I I wouldn't say he's great, but... I, I, I don't know any of the things I just said. My neighbor thinks he's got little alligator arms. That's a that's a terrific sentence, Chad. Thank you for sharing that. I, <laughs> you're, you're welcome. I find that terribly delightful. <laughs> he's got little alligator arms. Okay. I gotta keep that in mind next time I see him. Yeah, because I know you're in... in- Many contacts with Matthew McConaughey. Well, I mean on film. Oh, okay. And you know how I have access to a film reel and a projector, so I, I use film often. Oh, well. Oh, well, um, indeed. I I derailed enough talk about Femboy Hooters. Do we want to get into our topic topic? Yeah, we listened to some music this week, and I had a fucking blast, and I'm excited to talk about the music we listened to. Okay, should we start then... With Lincoln Park? We can start with Lincoln Park. Okay. So we picked um, Lincoln Park, A Thousand Suns. So, context for this album. Because I don't know how familiar you are with Lincoln Park as a band or their discography. Nah. So they, they exploded with their first album, which was like really hardcore new metal. And then they released two more albums that were kind of a refinement of that sound uh, in one way or another. And fans basically are like, no, their first album is the best. And then their other fans are going, no, 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 A Thousand Sons is the best. And those are like the two competing ones. And it's it's their first sound versus their second sound. Like this is a, a, a big shift in how they started writing music afterwards. And uh, it's it's interesting because I, I, I generally like all of their albums. And so I don't get into the pissing match. But if I had to pick one, I would say I like this one more. I think it is just... It's more interesting. I, I think it's a lot more mature. I love what they... There's just a lot of, like, a big soundscape to it that's really, really cool. Um, but I believe when they were writing this and putting it out, their idea was sort of like, no, 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 like, this whole thing is, like... It's supposed to be listened to from start to finish and treated almost like one song. Like, it's one big thing that flows to one part to the next instead of 15 songs uh, individually. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you got that out of it. I I feel like no, I kind of do. Yeah, it it felt like it um it was one piece.
that, that's sort of, I guess, like some of the context to that. I know it. Lincoln Park are, are a divisive band for a handful of reasons. You, whether you're a fan and you're trying to pick the the sound you like the most because one's nostalgic and one isn't, versus you're making fun of them because their early stuff was very um, angsty and definitely like a, a big part of new metal, which a lot of people don't really like anymore. And there's like, I can't believe we were listening to that in the early 2000s. Man, music sucked then. It's like, I don't know, new metal was pretty fun. Like, I still I still go back to it every once in a while. I'm like, rap rock shit. Like, it's it's a good time. But I, I, I think this is definitely, like, the evolved form of that. And it definitely of, of what they were doing um, as younger people versus not being younger people. Yay, words. So, I I fell asleep. Oh, really? I, yeah, I literally fell asleep while listening to this. Like it's a lullaby. Um, like I, <laughs> I, I've been actually I've been spending a lot of today trying to figure out how to talk to you about this album because I didn't I didn't find myself like terribly impressed with it. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel bad. Like I'm a bad person. So when I listened to it yesterday, I, I put on my my good headphones and I lay down on the couch and I was like, I'm just gonna listen to this and really appreciate it and I and like halfway through I had to like get up because I was kind of like dozing a little. I I do think just the way it's composed, the way the synths hit versus where the guitars are on the mix, um the the really like I think heavy songs like Wretches and Kings is is the tenth song. Like it, well, it's it takes like, a while for it to get to the the more new metal stuff. I, there's a lot of uh slower, more mood pieces early on. So I don't like begrudge you for falling asleep. I feel like every other track had something interesting to it. And what I what I really mean by that is there's some of them where it, it doesn't just take forever to start. Even when it does start, it's like repetitive mm-hmm. or it'll it, it'll lean way heavy on sampling classic speeches. Yeah, there's a lot of that in this, which I feel like there's a there's a purpose for it being there and that's fine. But also I found it like hyper preachy where it's like, I get it. <laughs> And then, like, after that song, then there'd be another one where it's like, oh, okay, no, this is actually kind of neat. Like, I could I could find myself maybe, like, picking a couple of these out that I would want to listen to again. Mm-hmm. But also, the way the album is composed, it kind of feels weird to only pick one or two songs out. Because yeah. it really does blend together. I think that is, um, I guess, a valid criticism of the... Like, I'm looking through the, the song list right now, and, like... A lot of these, like, I don't remember the hook to Burning in the Skies. I know it's a, a good song. I know I like it. But, like, if you told me to hum it, I don't think I could. I know When They Come For Me. I know Wretches and Kings. But, like, a lot of these, like, they're definitely composed in a way to sit within this album in their exact spot. And they don't have that, like, kind of pop element that gets you moving around or gets, like, stuck in your head as much as some of their other music. Yeah, you know, I liked Burning in the Skies. I'm listening to that one right now. Um, but I almost wait for it, like, halfway through to maybe pick up more. Like, it feels like there's this neat setup, and then I want, like, a major beat drop and a bass that never comes. And it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's lacking energy or something. Um, half of these songs, you know what it actually reminds me of? It's like, uh, so I, I watch, um, I watch my church streaming online now right Mm -hmm. before the stream starts they have generic music playing where it's like it sounds like if you took the instrumentals to burning in the skies but just sort of mumbled things about how jesus you're my light and it doesn't go anywhere and it's like designed to play on loop while you're waiting for the stream to start huh it's (laughs) it's like if you if you gave me the song and did not tell me it's from Lincoln Park. I would have never guessed it's Lincoln Park. I think that's another reason why people don't either really like or really don't like this album. Because this, like, pretty much every song on here is a pretty far cry away from like Paper Cut or Faint or Crawling, right? Like, it, it's definitely not that. Um, I okay. I had another embarrassing thing happen. I was listening, and I think I bumped my phone or something, and it actually paused a song, and I didn't catch it for two minutes. 
<laughs> because honestly, like, there's a couple little, like, transition things between the songs where it, like, gets really low. Mm-hmm. And, like, th- this wasn't when I was listening with my good headphones. This was um when I was at work today. I was listening to it again, but with my, my earbuds. And so it's like, oh, a car drove by, so I probably didn't hear the one whispered line here. And I just let it go for a while, and I'm like, did the album stop? And I had to check. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. So I hit play, and then it was silent, and there was like a sad piano note. And it was silent for a little bit, and I was like, okay, no, it's still playing now. <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I don't I don't want to sound like I'm just tearing this apart or anything, but I, it, like, honestly, it did not, like, inspire me. Sure. That's okay. Um, I want to say a couple more things about this then, and we can move on if, if you don't have much more to say. I had one more thing I wanted to... I have to find which song it was first, but go ahead and so take your turn. one of the things I really enjoyed when I listened to this with my good headphones on is just the um, the, the, the mixing and the amount of layers of stuff to... Like, it's not... A lot of the stuff that is going on, especially in some of the earlier songs, it's not, like, crazy upbeat. You know, there's not a, a, great, a lot of tempo, but there's still... It's still, like, very complex there's there's things to pay attention to there's a lot of like little pieces of ear candy where if you're really listening for it you can hear kind of chimes and certain instruments just kind of like come in and then leave and then you don't hear them again for the rest of the song and i i really really enjoyed just where everything sits and just listening to this is sort of like what's the production of this like where what what is the uh you know if, I, if i'm not doing anything else but listening to this album what does it sound like and uh I had a I had a really really good time just like appreciating the amount of of technical work that went into this. I love how the drums sound in pretty much every song. There's a lot of drumming in, and then I want to say like some of the digital stuff, the little more like dubstepy electronic things. I would bet money that those are from a guitar that they just have amped really weird. Because uh, I know they did some of that with um some of their other albums, and I I have a feeling they they started it here. I, I can't imagine why they wouldn't do that, especially if they're going to play some of this live. Yeah. But that, that was really cool to me too, to, to just try to like pick some of that stuff out. Yeah. That's one thing I did want to talk about is, um, with really good headphones, you hear the quality of the sound work put into it. Like there is very interesting elements to what they do and how it ties in with the songs. It's not one of these like experimental albums where it's just random noises for the sake of it. You know, like it mm-hmm. is it is still music, but there are interesting like I I've not really an audiophile, so I don't know the words, but there are some of the songs have a weird crunch to them and others just have an odd like ambience that almost doesn't belong and that makes it more interesting. Yeah. So I I mean I do want to I I'm not like throwing the whole thing out as garbage or something. It just, it did not have enough energy to, like, grab me. Sure. As a person that doesn't listen to a lot of music. That's fair. And See, I I was kind of hoping that this one might be up your alley, because it's a little more experimental. But then there's the reverse of that, right, where you're either in it, or you're you're for it, or you're not. And, and, uh, totally fine. Um, so, one, one more song. I wanted to talk about The Catalyst. Oh! That's a good song. That was like I think the lead single on this album. So when I was listening to this, I thought that it was um, Boss Fight from Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> I want to send you this one part here from the Alexander read. Same like tempo. Yeah, that's cool. I like the catalyst a lot, and then I'm always surprised that there's a song after it. Like it, it feels like the last song of this album, and then the messenger hits. 
and I, it, there's like a false ending that I'm not always in love with. Yeah, I, I kind of noticed that like on my second listen through, where it's like, yeah, I don't care for the ending. <laughs> I'm in a weird spot with this album because I definitely like. It is one of my favorite Linkin Park albums, and I waffle on whether it is my favorite or if I like either Living Things or One More Light more. Um, Living Things was the one they released after this. It has a similar sound to this, but I think it's a bit more, um, a little more cohesive, and it's definitely more of an album. Like each each song stands on its own. It's not like this one one big thing. It's like oh, you can just like pick these songs at random, and then there's like hooks, and it it's a little more catchy, a little more upbeat. And then One More Light was their last album, which was a lot more pop-inspired than even this. Uh, people either really didn't like that or kind of liked it, but I think it's lyrically all their best work and just musically different enough from what they were doing that it, it's interesting to me. Uh, and then obviously Chester's uh, suicide shortly after it coming out kind of recontextualized it a lot. So that's Lincoln Park. That's Thousand Sons. What did, you, what did you have me listen to there, Cameron? Um, so, they specifically, I mean, we all grew up with Barney, but the season four soundtrack, when they shifted. <laughs> um, no, we, we listened to Dead Kennedys, specifically Give Me Convenience or Give Me Death. Um, and then I also, I recommended Kill the Poor. Did you listen to that song? I did not. I totally forgot it's, to do that. You know, it's fine, because I think we got probably maybe enough to talk about anyways. It's kind of more the same. I just okay with, with with kill the poor. I feel like it fits in this album very well, and it should have been included. But it was also my first Dead Kennedy song where I heard it and I listened to it beginning to end, and it's like, oh, I wanna I wanna hear more of this. Sure. So it's just it's interesting, but yeah, let's uh let's look at give me convenience or give me death. So what did you think of that? I I mean, have you listened to Dead Kennedys a lot before? No, actually, I don't listen to a lot of punk music either, and so it was interesting going into this. Like, this might be my first punk album from start to finish that I listen to, and I know it's like I think it's the Pixies and the Ramones, no, no, the Sex Pistols. I don't know. That basically they give the genres like, oh yeah, you, you play punk music if you can't play your instrument and it's shouting and and you know, it, it, I think what I think of punk music, I think is probably more of what I think of like hardcore. Like I get the two kind of mixed up. And so when I was listening to this, I was like, this doesn't sound like what I thought it would at all. Like, their guitarist is great. Their singer can actually sing. Their drummer's really good. I love their bass player. It's really good on bass. Uh, everyone can play their instruments. It's mixed well. Like, it doesn't, you know, it. I was like, this isn't punk music. Then you start listening to the lyrics, and it's like, oh, no, this is definitely punk music. Um, it had kind of a, a really, because a, a, it came out in 1987. But some of the um, the approaches to the songs and just like the guitar tone and, and, and the the way things almost seem kind of like bright and upbeat, like I would have pegged it for older than that. Like I, I can't remember like the genre I'm thinking of, but it just it reminded me of almost like certain music from like the '60s, just the way the well, way some things are played. Yeah, and some of that is I think pretty intentional. Um, mm-hmm. they they don't really change their sound a lot over the years. Uh, they're also inspired by another punk band that didn't change their sound a lot over some years. And th- the interesting thing with the punk, the bleh, the punk era, it was actually very, very short. And there's an element of, like, everyone's kind of a snob about it, where, like, if you were there, you took punk seriously, and then, oh, that one band showed up, they're the ones that ruined it. And it's like, what are you talking about? Y- you know, like, those kind of conversations? yeah. There's a lot of that where, in fact, I think one of these songs, they actually kind of play off of that where, like, the song starts and then the lead singer says, okay, now we're not a punk band anymore. We're a new wave band. Is that in this album? Yes. I and look- he's like, <laughs> and it like, it turns into, like, kind of a parody of how, like, it, it's like, okay, we're in the middle of this whole, like, punk, um, like, concert, but now let's have a business meeting about branding. Because that's what this is all about, is money, because you got to buy our tickets. And it's like this super weird meta commentary that is handled perfectly, <laughs> where it's like, yeah, new wave now. So, I, the the thing about that song, and I, I ended up looking this up, um, let me see if I can find it. 
So that, that song is, I believe, Pull My Strings. This was played only once on March 25th, 1980, when the Dead Kennedys were invited to pay at the Bay Area Music Awards in front of music industry bigwigs to give the event some new wave credibility. Um, the band spent the day of the show practicing California Uber Atlas, the song they were asked to play. About 15 seconds into the song, uh, the lead singer said, hold it, we've got to prove that we're adults now. We're not a punk rock band, we're a new wave band. Yes. The band, who all wore white shirts with the big black S painted on the front, pulled black ties from around their backs of their necks to form a dollar sign, then started playing Pull My Strings, a satirical attack on the ethics of the mainstream music industry. And that is, like, the most ballsy punk fucking thing to do, because the lyrics to that song are goddamn absurd. Yes. And it, it, they're so biting. Like It's kind of crazy just how awful the music industry like we've like bands have been shitting on the music industry for literally like 40 plus years it's yeah. never improved it's always bad you know this actually goes back to their start uh i recommended multiple times no dogs in space and so some of today I actually listened to their a couple episodes they did on the dead kennedys and when they first started playing the manager they got to help like run things uh when he would organize a show for these different punk bands he would act like a bad guy like you know how during wrestling there's normally a heel that you want to boo at Mm -hmm. so their manager would act like a corporate douchebag in front of the audience and like he would introduce the bands but like treat them like they're stupid monkeys and like and tell people like and keep it down or keep getting complaints and like he would try to upset the audience and get them mad at him and they would throw things at him and he would leave the stage and like ah you kids and he would leave the stage, and then everyone would politely listen to the music because they got it out of their system. And it was like an intentional thing. Sure. Because it's like, there's kind of this thing about, like, part of part of the fun of punk music is really the, the, the middle finger to authority. So incorporating that into the show is both, like, skeevy and also functional. Yeah. Where it's like, man, this is interesting to really think about, you know? The funny thing about that song, though, because it's a live version, obviously, is that the audience fucking got into it. It's good. <laughs> it's, you know, they're clapping along, and you can hear them singing and stuff, like, in the background a bit. Like, it, it's like, they're clearly, like, they're making fun of their audience, but also the audience is like, yeah, but it's a good song. Like, fuck it. Yeah, I, I think, really, the only reason that Dead Kennedys function is all of their songs, they have an element of, like, humor to them. But it's the kind of humor where, like, your eyes are wide and you're laughing because you're uncomfortable. And you're like, oh, yeah, what? What was that? Um, And there's, like, a catchy beat where even if you don't know the lyrics, like, you're kind of bobbing your head the rest of the day. Yeah. I will say, like, musically, there are, the, the front half of this album isn't as interesting to me as the latter half. And I think the latter half is a lot more experimental or just live versions. And so there's that, like, live energy yeah. they got going on. Um, Because, like I said, like... The sound is fairly consistent from start to finish. Like, one Dead Kennedy song kind of sounds like another Dead Kennedy song, which is fine because they play their stuff well. But when you're looking at a 50-minute album, it feels it feels kind of like a long album by the end. Yeah, there's maybe a little bit of that. But I, I love the, the sense of humor, and I, I generally really like the lyrics and the, and the delivery of them. Like, you can tell they're having fun, but they're also, like, into their subject matter. This isn't a joke band. You know, it's not like Weird Al or uh, any of the really dumb, like, fake deathcore bands about Shrek or whatever. Well, not fake, but stupid. Uh, you know, like, they they have some a lot of anti-authority stuff. You can tell they mean it, but they're, they're dressing up the lyrics in kind of a way that's maybe a little more palatable for people. Yeah, in a way. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's also really funny how uh, they... Like, not to, not to give too much trivia, I recommend you guys listen to uh no dogs on space but when they first like came together and decided to be a band and they came up with the name dead kennedys they were like oh that's perfect like can't think of anything more like edgy than this and calling ourselves the 911s right <laughs> and and then they like applied for the name like they they went like pitching to to record labels and pretty much every record label was like what's your name at nah it, like it's like there's a problem with the name. No one wants to sign that. Wonder why. So eventually, while they're like looking and researching, they found another band already had the name Dead Kennedys. Oh, really? And they're like, "Fuck, what do we do?" And so they decided to call them up and and like ask if it would be 
possible to like use it's like, hey, are you guys still using the name Dead Kennedys? They're like, no, it's an awful name. We we changed our same. Now we're the Spitz. And they're like, okay, good luck. <laughs> and then they kept the name Dead Kennedys. They're like, yeah, no one will book us. So we changed our name. And it's like, you sellouts, we're gonna take the name. It's like, good luck. Bye. Okay, bye. Kisses. I love So the one of the the, the discords I'm in for, for metal vocals is um Someone asked a question today about like, are there certain because we share music a lot there? And it's like, are there certain bands like maybe we shouldn't share because like the names are offensive, and uh, it's that's a funny thing with metal music because there is some really just fucking ridiculous. Like, I mean, Anal Cunt is like the one that comes to mind right away. Um, the other ones like, how can I post bands like Cemetery Rapist or songs titled stuff like Force Fed Smegma Bread? And I started laughing so fucking hard at that because. That is the dumbest shit, but I feel like it's so stupid, it's funny. Like, both of those things are dumb, and... Yeah, but it's kind of perfect, too. Yeah, like, there there was, um... Oh, God, I'd have to go find it. There was there was this one, like, slam metal uh, album that came came out this year that is, like, every, every uh, the song on it is just dumb as shit, but some of them are really, really funny. And it might take a couple of minutes for me to find it. <laughs> well, th- this band's called Choke Chamber. Like, that's, you know. <laughs> I know. It's really funny when you hear, like, random words. Sometimes you think, like, oh, that would make a good band name. And I almost feel like if I were to start a band, I would have to pick a band name where no one ever said that would be a good name. Mm-hmm. Like, that almost... There, there's something special about a, a terrible name you have to explain to people. Yeah, for sure. It, it is... It's kind of fun. But then at the same time, it's also, like, bad for branding. <laughs> yeah, it can be. Um, so I think the Dead Kennedys' most popular song is California Uber Alice. Um, and it is, that's uh, one of their better songs, too. But that's, like, their, their one song, I guess. And there was a time that they were playing in Germany. And it was funny, because when they were booking it, they weren't sure if they want to do that in Germany or not. Uh, but the there was actually demand over there because they kind of appreciated the song too, and it's like okay, well, hey, if they like it, well, yeah, let's let, well, we can do that. And so they go over there and they're playing the song, and the and the crowd's going crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And then this one guy, um, like <laughs> he's there with his friend, and and his friends kind of like, um, like oh, hey, this is this is funny. We should do the salute thing. So these two guys in the corner are doing the Nazi salute to the chorus. And then other people saw so like, oh, they're doing the salute, ha! So the whole audience is doing the Nazi salute to him while oh, they're God. they're singing. And so the the lead singer, like he he literally like stopped the music. And he's like, oh, okay, guys, we got to stop for a minute now. It, you know, now that's not okay. We, you know, we're <laughs> we're here to have fun. And he like lectured him for five minutes about how Nazis are bad <laughs> and how like the the point of the song is to be ironic. Like we're just we're trying to make a message here, and and like everyone in the audience felt like super uncomfortable and like confused and. They're like, is this is this a bit or is he actually mad at us? And he's California Overalls, California Overalls, California That's funny. Uh I really like the track uh towards the end, what was it called? Um Night of the Living Rednecks where like the guy just broke his guitar string and so uh he just started telling a story about how he pissed off some rednecks in Oregon like a handful of years ago. Yeah. And it's really, really funny. Like, it's just a funny story. And, like, you know, the, the bass of the drummer kind of playing some stuff as background music. And he's like, you got, you fixed your f- guitar string yet? <laughs> you know, kind of thing, like, because he's telling it. And it's just one of those, like, great live moments that I'm glad was captured. And uh, so yeah. we can all, like, experience it. Something about this album having like the live half to it, it it feels real. Like I'm on record of not enjoying live recording so much, but with specifically the punk thing, I feel like the audience energy is key. Mm-hmm. It's not just the catchy parts or the cool messaging or whatever. It, there's a there's a certain element of like fitting in with the other people that feel as angsty as you do that I think really sells it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just inserting that story at random, like at the end, it's so interesting. Um. Okay, so I found the I found the the album I was talking about. The band is titled Gorepot, 
And I believe the uh, this song, I can't know, I don't know if this is the song or the, the name of the album, but it's Things Asians Do When They Are Done With Homework. And if I'm scrolling down and I'm looking at the, uh, the, the they have two discs in this, and the, the disc two has my, like just some of the best things. The, the song titles are, My Grandpa Was 65, He Runs a Mile to Stay Fit, He's 70 Now and Has No Idea Where He Is. I Wondered Why the Frisbee Was Getting Bigger, Then It Hit Me. Chickens Sit on Eggs Because They Don't Have Chairs. My grandpa, my grandpa has the heart of a lion and a lifetime ban at the zoo. Six is afraid of seven because seven is a registered six offender. Like, that's fucking good. That's a good piece of wordplay right there. A family walks into a hotel, requests the porn to be disabled. Clerk says it's just regular porn, you sick fuck. I remember when I, when I first saw this, I like... Because this, this song was recommended to me at work, and I was like, sure, why not? And so I expanded it after. I was like, what the fuck is this band about? <laughs> I threw a boomerang a few years ago and now I live in constant fear. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I feel like there's a, I don't know, there's something fun about like what people having, you know, making jokes with music is it's a good thing. And I feel like punk is a, a good start to that. Like there's a lot of that kind of humor here in 1987 that we're getting in 2020 yet. Okay, so another punk band. I don't want to, like, completely shift gears, but are you familiar with the Ramones? So I know of them. Like, it's a popular name. Like, I've, I've, everyone's, oh, yeah, the Ramones. That's a band we can make fun of because they're a punk band. But I don't know if I know any of their music. So uh, Ramones are really fun. Um, They were on The Simpsons. Mm. Uh, they're, they're the ones that I think they... they let me double check that I'm thinking of the right because I'm stupid. Yeah, they're the ones that go, hey, ho, oh, let's go. Oh, We're sure. going to sell a Chrysler. Da, 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 da. Plays during Super Bowl. Da, 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 da. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they were on The Simpsons and, like, uh, what was it? It was Mr. Burns' like 100th birthday or something. And so Smithers, like, arranged a musical act because they had, like, this whole, like, birthday celebration for him. And so he decided to, to hire one of those popular bands, because that'll make Mr. Burns feel youthful. Mm-hmm. And so the Ramones come out, <laughs> and it's like, like they're like cranked to 11, and they just walk out on stage like, yeah, it's birthday for Mr. Burns, and you're a piece of shit. Okay, play. And it's like, it's these, they like do this like screamo version of happy birthday. Um, and like, and Mr. Burns is like trembling in his seat. Well, they're like punk band playing at him. And then oh, like the curtains are closing and somebody like throws a bottle at him. And he's like, I hope you die, you stupid bastard. Mm-hmm. And the curtains close on him. And then they all turn around. It's like, hey, I think they like this. And then the and then the lead singer said, hey, ho, let's go. And they got in the van and left. That's cute. Yeah, it's, that is cute. But they actually did a uh, a song for Pet Cemetery. Um, Did you catch that? No, I did not. So for the for the movie, they wanted to have like a song play in the end credits, and so they reached out to the Ramones, and like they they they're 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 all such like airheads, so they're kind of like, I yeah, we could do that. And Stephen King thought it'd be cool if they came over and saw an early screening of the movie to inspire the song. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and so they all got to see the movie at Stephen King's like mansion. And they met Stephen King and whatever. And what was funny was like on the way out, the drummer like stopped and and said to Mr. to uh to Stephen, he said like, "Oh, it's a pretty good movie." And then the other guy's like, "Well, wow, he really liked it because he doesn't talk." <laughs> so he was like, he was possessed <laughs> enough to say that. They're like, "Wow, he was amazed by the movie." <laughs> That's such a great. Oh my god, I love that. You dude, you gotta listen to No Dogs, man. Yeah, that sounds like it'd be. There's so many amazing stories. Um, but they did this cool song about Pet Cemetery that I kind of love. And it's like, man, I really enjoy punk music right now, which is kind of a, is this my midlife crisis thing? I don't know. I feel silly getting into it now. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Like, it's got, it's got such a fun uh, attitude to it that I think, I, I, for one thing, I, I feel like the, it, it, the punk attitude kind of kind of apply to any era, right? Because there's there's always a certain level of like fuck the adults, fuck the authority, even as we become them. Yeah, I suppose. Oh boy, I love this whiskey. We got we got wild turkey tonight. Yeah, wild turkey's great. What a delight! 
I, I've been trying to drink less, right? Which is sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. So then I bought this, and then I was like, the, the first day I had it, I was like, well, I should try it because I love wild turkey. I might as well just have like one. So that turned into two. Then the next day I had like three because I felt like getting drunk because it was Tuesday. And I had one yesterday and I felt really good about myself. And I've had two tonight and I could definitely go for a third. So this song, because I'm listening to this Ramon song, like, I like it, but I don't love it. And I feel like maybe if I listen to it more than a couple, you know, a couple of times, it would grow on me. But hey. his, his, I don't think he's not a great singer. <laughs> well, uh, the Ramones, there's a, there's a thing with the Ramones. I think you, you enjoy it or you don't, and sure. it's okay if you don't. Um, I was actually, I was thinking of recommending a Ramones album when we were trying to pick. And the reason I settled on the Dead Kennedys is really because there's there's so much going on with pretty much every song. Mm-hmm. Like they're not all out of the park, but you could like you can kind of analyze or read into different songs for different reasons for a while. Like there's a lot of meat on the bone. Um and I, I thought you'd enjoy this album. Yeah, I, I, I liked it a lot more the second time I listened to it. I think part of that was I knew what I was getting into. Sure. Um, I really like their drummer is great. I, I, part of it is just like, oh, it, it's like non-produced drums. It's just the drummer. Uh, God, that is great. I really like their bass player, too. I think the bass sits really well in the mix. Um, it's a very full, kind of bright, round sound. So it pokes through a bit better than... And it, it's a little song-dependent, because it turns out you the, the, the Kennedys album you sent me uh, is a compilation album. Like, it isn't... It's B-sides and it's live performances. It's definitely, like, not probably a normal Dead Kennedys album. <laughs> Yeah, sort of. I mean, that's that's kind of the weird thing is they, I think at at the first they had trouble like really publishing because no one would pick up on the name. Mm-hmm. And then once they were popular, it's like oh, okay, yeah, we should do that. Um, and then it's like, well, it's that's a lot of work. We we got some other songs we already did, and so they like there's re-recordings of songs. There's different versions of some songs. Um, I think. Uh, I think Kill the Poor, and then another one that they did, uh, Lynch the Landlord. There's like three different versions where some of them don't have a chorus in the middle where it like almost changes the mood of the song depending on what version you're listening to. Oh, really? It it yeah, it's it's almost frustrating because sometimes you'll be listening to one and it's like you know the song inside out, and then it's like oh wait, this is the other one it doesn't have that part. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Where it like throws you for a little loop. It was fun listening to, to punk music. I definitely don't... I don't listen to pretty much any of it. I bet I listen to a lot of bands that are inspired by it. Just because of the way that works, right? Um, yeah. And that's the thing, too. Like, uh, Dead Kennedys is really inspired by the Ramones. Which is funny, because the Ramones don't have that same musical quality. Mm-hmm. But they kind of toured and, like left inspiration across the country for different punk bands to start their own style. Um, there's an interesting like punk lineage. I, what I really love about this podcast is like they're going through the history of punk. It's not just, here's my favorite band. And this, this is a funny, funny story. It's zany. It's almost like, here's a lot of historical context. Here's sure. a funny story of something that happened that next day, you know, it, it's, it's actually very fascinating because again i'm not super into music and i'm not even into punk music i just want it's like oh these guys know how to produce a show i'll give it a shot and now i'm in love with punk music and if they recommend something i listen to it now it's like i'll give it a try that's what cameron says i'll give it a try right that's my new slogan it's a good slogan i got this t-shirt as a picture of me and the and then the words um sample text because the real text was extra <laughs> Okay, well, any more closing comments on that, then? Um, I don't think so. Uh, I think I covered everything I, I kind of had to say about it. Uh, I did, like I said, I, I enjoyed it. Um, glad we did this. I, I, it's hard picking music for you, because your, your tastes are interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, again, I don't listen to music. I'm like some sort of garbage demon that sleeps in the shadows. Mm-hmm. I live in a mirror dimension, and I play with the concept of light and sound. Because merely observing it no longer amuses me. <laughs> but that's my problem. Yeah. I don't know. Well, anyways, I am glad you enjoyed. 
give me convenience or give me death. Yeah. Um, I guess the, el- <laughs> the album art's so cool too. With the the barbed wire like forcing a face into a smile. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. Also very punk. Yeah, really. Um, yeah. So, did you want to move on to Glad Spaces then? Uh, sure. So, my Glad Space is a cartoon. I started watching Owl House, which is oh, okay, a, yeah, yeah, the Disney cartoon, and I'm really enjoying it. I think I'm three episodes in, four episodes in, one of the, one of those two numbers, and uh, it's really fun. It's cute. Uh, it has a, I think tonally, it's kind of similar to Gravity Falls, which is fun. So I've loved the shit out of Gravity Falls, and I like I like the main characters a lot. Uh, Alex Hirsch plays uh, the little demon dog king. He he is the uh, the main guy in, in Gravity Falls. So the, the, there's some crossover there. Um, it's just a uh, it's been it's been good. I I have a feeling it's gonna go good places. I, I'm told the second half of the first season is better than the first, and and then, uh, since I'm enjoying what I like, I'm only gonna enjoy it more. I guess. Oh, I think you will. Um, I don't think the show got popular until that second half really started. That's when it really started like circulating. Sure. Have you have you seen it at all? I've seen clips. Um, I think it looks fine, and I'm not like inspired to sit down and watch it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've seen clips where it's like, yeah, I can see the quality to it. It. I'm really frustrated seeing some of these cartoons come out. I, I try not to be a snob about the quality, you know, like we, we were talking with Emily about like the Teen Titans go and Thundercats roar and stuff. And it's like, it's really easy to just sit back and go, this doesn't have enough frames per animation minute. I, I'm being snobby about it. Right. And it's not always a valid like critique to hold against a curtain with Owl House. It looks good. Mm-hmm. And it's like refreshing where it's like, oh, I don't have to lower my standards. That's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. I think I've I've introduced Steven Universe to a lot of my friends and like unanimously it's always like I can't get over the art. It the art's distractingly bad and and either they do or get over it and they end up liking the show or they can't get over it and they stop watching it. Yeah, that's that's definitely where I was with Steven Universe. I will say with All House um some of the really like crazy moments there are like it does feel like there are slowdowns in the in the animation. Uh, and it, it takes me out of it a little bit because I notice it, whereas Gravity Falls absolutely did not have that problem. Have you seen the uh, the previews for the new Animaniacs? Um, no, I have not. I feel like they're doing a good job. Nice. It it actually looks like Animaniacs. Um, I I I'm glad that there are enough people that appreciate animation that this like garbage stuff doesn't dominate completely. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see that that cartoon on sci-fi? No. It is called uh, Magical Girl Friendship Squad. Oh boy. And it is like, it, the premise, I feel like someone had a cute premise, right? Oh, damn it. I cannot find a decent clip here. It sounds like the uh, the name of something that like Aaron would have done ages ago, Egoraptor. Well... Yeah, that and Egoraptor would have animated this better, and also written it better, and also voiced it better entirely himself. Oh, <laughs> it, it's so the the premise is kind of like these like magical girl animes where there's like Sailor Moon or something. Mm-hmm. So what happens when like they grow up and they're adults that have like real life problems, and it's like I feel like there's jokes there, but they lean really heavily on like. It, we smoke weed and we have a we have a bong, and it's like okay, and the animation's kind of rough. Yeah, the animation is not great, and and like some of the stuff is like so painfully boring. Where the, it looks like they're trying to have fun, and so there's like a bad guy, but the bad guy looks like Jabba the Hutt, but with like a Trump face. Get it? Because he's bad. I don't. I don't really like, like that, that character designs much either. I don't I don't like anything about it. Yeah. And it's so like rough. you know, Twitter's like complaining about this. I, I don't know why they care because it's just it's like a little mini series. It, it's not hurting anybody. Right. But like animation snob people are like, ah, oh, this shouldn't even be made. And it's like just if you don't like it, don't look at it. I don't know. Yeah. 
I don't remember what my point was. I think the turkey's catching up to me. I don't remember what your point was either, but also turkey. I win. Yay! Come. <laughs> uh, what was your glad space? Halloween! Yay, Woo! I guess. So, um, uh, May 64 put together a Halloween special. Okay. And so this was all, like, a live stream show. And so they had, like, a, an opening ceremonies um, seance where they... You know their their mascot the for Halloween is the little ghost. Uh no. They have this dumb little plastic ghost they got at a Walmart one year. And so they <laughs> they did this whole like séance thing and the ghost came to life and it and it teleported them all to hell for the rest of the night. And so they did all sorts of fun life uh, bits where they had a, an exorcism and um they they walked through a haunted house. And so they they actually <laughs> they had some of the guys build a haunted house experience and then walk uh, Rocco and um, I think Eric through it because they both jump the most. <laughs> and so the, like that was kind of fun because it's like you can't go out to these haunted houses anymore. So it's like, well, here's a new one that you guys haven't seen before. Um, they did pumpkin carving. Uh, they did like a a rave. You know that anything can happen on Halloween video. Sure. Um, they did a live version of it on a green screen. So, like, <laughs> Rocco had to do the whole thing and sing it live while they're doing the effects live. Oh, wow. To to open the dance. Like, they had a rave night afterwards, so everyone's welcome to dance at home. Mm-hmm. Um, like, all kinds of just fun Halloween stuff. They did uh, a lot of Let's Plays of scary games that are all like the same <laughs> like it's like the, here's the Blair Witch Project game and it's like you're out in the woods you got a flashlight and then like here's this other game it's called Alone in the Woods with a flashlight and you're looking for the witch it's like okay <laughs> um, they played Five Nights at Freddy's which is funny because none of them have seen it before oh really so they didn't it's like they knew it's a thing but it's like they didn't want to spend time figuring it out mm-hmm. so it was interesting like in the year 2020 seeing someone play that for the first time yeah, that is pretty wild. Yeah, it, so it was just—it was a really fun night. Nice. Um, th- this year, there's not a lot of things to do, and I gotta say, Mega sixty four has like been putting on shows that make up for it. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, they've been really knocking it out of the park this year, especially given the circumstances. Yeah, really. Um, it's funny yeah, too that... with like, I feel like they're compared with Rooster Teeth in some respects. Um. And Rooster Teeth has not had a good year. There's been a lot of like scandals and and and, and whatnot with the company and uh, Bernie left well, and, and whatnot. And it's just sort of like, man, Rooster Teeth's not looking I mean, good this year. And then Meg sixty four just chugging along, doing what Meg well, sixty four do. They also like they also just I, honestly, I don't think they put out good content. Like I saw, I saw like a current video they put out where I don't know if it was part of Red versus Blue or if it's a new like Halo series. But it's like they have the full like animation software going, so it's not the machinima stuff. It's like hmm. they have the characters doing like anime poses and like running around corners, and and they're talking in the most boring way. Like it's so, it it like made me wince watching this clip, and all the like all the comments underneath it are like, "Wow, you guys are doing even better than forever. I've been a fan forever. I'm not a bot." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it makes me like sick to my stomach. And it's just, it's really strange. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I remember enjoying Rooster Teeth a long time ago. And yeah. it feels like a, it feels like a separate life. I mean, for me, that was like literally like eight or more years ago. Yeah. Which is a long time. So they, on Mega64, one of their, um, they did a seance to contact uh, Eric in, um, in Hell. Because oh, yeah? he works at Rooster Teeth now, uh... so he set up like a green screen so that he, like it looks like he's in hell right now, and it was kind of funny at first, but then like they accidentally kind of broached the subject to some of the controversies that came up. Like mm. one of them happened the day before, so it's like a fresh wound. Yeah, and uh, and it's like he sort of did that thing where you know how you kind of joke about how yeah, it'd be you know. It's like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not having such a great time here in hell. I may as well like move back to San Diego with you guys, huh? And it's a, it's a joke, but also maybe it's not a joke. Sure, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, oh well. 
Um, any more closing comments? Uh, I don't think so. Well, all right then. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. And, 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 and,